Hi there, thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to step things up a little uh, and just be above the norm. Um, if this is something that interests you and you're looking for content um, kind of inspiration, then you're in the right place. Welcome. Uh, let's get straight into this. Right. Hi there. How do you guys doing? How, how are things where you are? What is happening? Um, I today want to really talk more about, um, well, I'm going to start by talking about images uh, because, well, sorry, scratch that music and sound. Because for me, uh, my day was uh, sort of based around uh, a little walk home. And I've got into this habit of taking my <clears throat> my um, AirPod and wireless headphones. So I then decided to put music on. And I remember putting on some music. But recently I've gone to listening to uh, not so Seeger Ross are really good, but I wasn't listening to them. Thievery Corporation, they're really good. I wasn't listening to them. Who was I listening to? My mind's gone blank for a moment. Um, they will destroy us, is what it's called. I, I promise it's actually quite a nice sounding thing. Oh, there you go. It's uh, Rio Grande or Ground with an E at the end. And they're really good. So all of those folks uh, are really uh, good, like groups of people that make music. And they don't really have. Uh, they create music like Radiohead makes beautiful music, but Radiohead adds lyrics on top. These guys just play beautiful, amazing sounds. And it was really like mood setting. It really changed my, it, I don't, I can't explain it to you, but it put me at ease. But the, the music was really chilling and it was just really, really calm. And I just loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. Um, and I think what, what I'm sort of bringing to you is that often when we do YouTube or podcast work like this, I've taken a decision to um, just sit and talk and uh, not really have music because um, the music for me interferes a little bit with sort of what goes on. But at the same time, if I had music on and if I sort of listened to me back and played music at the right points where it goes up and down and I could actually potentially um, work the music to enhance what I'm talking about. But we're not that rich. We don't all have orchestras, you know, um, just hiding around the corner from our computer. And I think that the real objective point of view there is for us to have a look at it and go okay well we've got um some youtube stuff or podcast stuff that you want to do but actually it's lacking this and this walk home really just shifted me with the music and and i think again it partly because it was really good soundtracky kind of vibes and music and uh it did its job without bringing in the lyrics so i can take anything I want from that. Uh, and that's really interesting, I think, because if you apply that music to 
the YouTuber podcast, then you, you do have something really quite fresh and interesting and people can take from that what they will. Whereas if they've got lyrics in them, uh, you tend to gravitate a little bit closer to something else. For me, it mirrors uh, the, the art of uh, contemporary dance a little bit, just because my little boy was asking, oh, what does that mean? Why are they doing that? And I, I'm trying to explain to him, no one cares. Like we can, it's beautiful the way it is, but you might read into it and what you take from it is different to what someone else might. And I think it's really important to uh, be aware of that kind of mindset. Also important for us to be objective in um, some of the content. But for me, um, I'm only objective after like some time away from that piece. So I come back to edit stuff. If I Well, not edit stuff, but review things, I guess. So this podcast is really supposed to be about how to step things up. And I know that you might be sat there if you're a blogger thinking, oh, but how do I do that with my blog? But essentially what I'm sort of suggesting is that there's there's a norm in YouTube and podcasts, as I've used as an example, where people might do a certain way of doing stuff. And you kind of need to adopt that way because that's the blueprint for how most people do it. And you pick out the best of the best and you try and mirror them and model them. Um, if you're a Tony Robbins fan, then you'll know like that's the kind of stuff that he talks about. But essentially mirror and role model positive role models that are already doing some great stuff that you feel like should be the direction of which your business brand should be releasing content. And that's in essence it. Now in that, you're essentially doing something normal, but this is all about stepping things up. So if we go to social media, for example, everyone does images. Nobody does text. And I'm probably speaking more about Twitter, but um, yeah, across other like Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it does seem like on Instagram, that's a similar thing. Like a lot of people don't really do the text images. More people just do images of stuff um, that tie in and brand and anchor into what the, the business is, I guess. And the text... Um, is there and some people put some text in some people don't and everyone knows you can fully spam and get ahead on instagram with hashtags but once you've got your norm the best thing i can suggest the thing that i notice a lot that works is keep it as the norm like once you get a level trying to get your formula because every so often what you can do is then you can taking this social media example instead of doing an image, you can just come along and go, oh, I'm going to do a GIF, like an animated GIF. Uh, or you could do, and by the way, the animated GIF, not just any, but a custom one. So it is about you and it's based on content you've created. So you need to go away, go away and create the animated GIF. Also, having a short video is really good. And that's really interesting because it leads on to the whole uh, Periscope thing. Again, I'm talking more about Twitter, um, but more Periscope and video aspect. But then moving over to Instagram, the norm is, as I say, sort of images. There are some videos, but imagine if you put a video in your story or a video in your actual feed, and then you also had your um, TV channel thing that was just running off. like. It, Imagine if you had reels, 
that was reels, which is videos, and that's just doing its thing. But at the same time, you just did some extra stuff. That's not normal. But by conforming mostly, finding your feet and getting a formula, what's really interesting is that people do absorb your content, but they might also do that passively. So what's really interesting is to then find something that might be a little bit more engaging, so a step up. And when you do that step up, people will hopefully be uh, sort of nudged and disjolted slightly. There'll be like a fresh point of view there and they'll be like, oh, this is fresh, this is new. Oh, I've never seen that or who's that, but actually it's just you again. Um, but you really got their attention. And I think stepping it up like that is really interesting. Uh, and I think the an interesting example, um, just to counter what I've just said, uh, is literally the reverse. So often algorithms try to um, predict and put stuff in, but they also want an equal level. And I see this on as Google SEO, if things are trending, uh, and I see this across different uh, social media kind of algorithms, is that once you go and put content, if you just then drop off and you don't do anything for a month, the fact that you come back on is a big deal for that um, for that medium because they want to promote your stuff. So um, I can't remember where it was, but I think it's Instagram, and they do this a little bit uh, more passively on um on Twitter and they very subtly kind of drop it in in LinkedIn where they kind of go look this person's posted or in Instagram's case they've not posted in a while check them out and that's really interesting and it's interesting because they want you the creator to be there and they don't know why you've disappeared but they want you to be there so when you promote something they'll go, yeah, they're quite good, actually. But then they've disappeared. Oh, well, we'll put their stuff out there. And when people look, they'll go, ooh, and more people might look. And I'm not saying it's, like, going to work every time, but there are times where you shouldn't feel tied to social. And if you need a break from it or if your business needs a break from it because you have a cyclical kind of sense of, uh, whatever product and service you've got. I mean, if you're working in education, it's the same. You could stop not doing anything on holidays. Uh, if you're working in fashion, you could have a, a, a late spring season and then you could have a gap and then have your um, early autumn kind of stuff. Uh, and that will just trigger people a little bit more because it eases them into, oh, I'm not here. And then when, when they don't see you and then they see you, they're more likely to psychologically want to, pursue you a little bit more um, I found that does work at times but equally it doesn't always work but I think in terms of um, raising your awareness it does and provided that you have an onslaught of uh, repeated posts then it can actually work for you um, so yeah a bit of both you could do an either or on that one but essentially stepping it up uh, is really good so I've not really mapped this one out, but I'm just going to sort of spitball my way through, I guess. But that's because it's already sort of in my head. But in terms of stepping it up, there is a system that you can use for how you might step that up. So the basic theory is what is the norm? 
and then you would do one or two levels uh, above that. And the levels are kind of marked as text. Uh, and I would sort of argue text itself is broken down into short text, uh, medium text, like the amounts of words that you might write, and then hashtags as, as well as the text. Um, Instagram might be more like just hashtag, hashtags because some people do that, but that, I don't want to say it's good practice. And then after sort of chunking down the text element, you, you have to look at linking. Um, and then after linkage, you've got images. And I've noticed that Twitter in particular really does do um, alt alternative descriptions and asks for that. So you could have images, uh, so in Twitter, you've already got the we've already got the text stages. So we've got the next level up for that will be images. But a, a step beyond that would be the alt description images. Um, I would argue alternating the shape and size of your image is another step up. Uh, and then another step up from there would be a, a GIF, animated GIF. And when I say that, I really don't mean like the world of animated GIFs. I mean custom made one because otherwise it doesn't have resonance in the same way um and then after that uh, another level up would be to have from gifts to have like a short short um video-y type thing so less than 10 seconds and what's just kind of going through my head there was that yeah small video is great but a little bit like a repeating pattern. If you're able to loop the end and the beginning together so it's seamless, you might see some platforms just cycling it or when people scroll backwards and forwards onto it, they won't see the difference. So it'll look like a, a current live feed almost, which is really cool. Um, and that is a bit tricky to do that. Um, but then you're looking at um, an actual you talking to the camera kind of uh, video or kinetic text, sorry, kinetic typography, which is animated typography text that moves, um, that embellishes what you've got, but also making sure you've got the editing process with music and sound. Uh, and that that's the next sort of level is looking at that kind of, oh, it's a video piece, uh, full video, but then for Instagram, that's okay. We're talking about that and that's a good solution, but actually that's the beginnings of YouTube. Uh, or TikTok. So yeah, video and actually mute video is great. But then beyond that, having video, having uh, video with music, having video with music that's original music, and then having this kind of emotional kind of music is really good. So really looking at that whole kind of system of understanding the different types of media, but laying it out is really interesting because just then when I was talking about YouTube, I was also layering in this idea of sound and music. Um, I think the only thing I missed out was podcast. You can take what I've said and in terms of it being slightly more of a theory, you can um, adjust it and make it more moldable to certain platforms. But you can also just take chunks of it um, that apply to certain platforms as well. I have to say that what I'm talking about is kind of logical to me and I hope I've uh, explained myself, but essentially there is this system of um, 
media that is more or less engaging. And that's sort of what I've run through there with you from right from text through to sort of essentially short film, you know, with music and all that and bells and whistles. I think some of the things that we've missed off were probably things that we included in the text, like uh, hashtags, links, um, and that campaigning side of things. And my reason for really talking about this out in the open is because I help a lot of people, uh, a lot of social enterprises who sort of ask me these questions about, oh, what should they do? Or how do they do this? And what I tend to find is there's a blinkered view of, okay, well, we should do this. And they suggest this and they straight away go for um, a thumbnail on the website, for example, being an image or a roller banner. And I think if you know web, you'll know that um, the sl scrolling bar banner is slowly being phased out and it's not really a thing, but it has some, pardon me, some functionality and have some kind of reasoning for being there for certain businesses. So actually they're, they're kind of half valid uh, depending on how you use them. But no one ever thinks, oh, I'll do a video. And I think the reason why I might say don't do a video is because it weighs down your file size. So it might load a little bit slower on um, on your website and might you might have a negative ranking on Google. But if you can get the balance right and you can nail it, if a video would further enhance what you do, then that's kind of the way to go. Um, having animated GIFs is a good cheat way out of it. Having a 20-second video clip is not much to ask for, really. Um, but it's about what's feasible, what you're able to do. But that there is a step up because you have to remember, in terms of a video on a website or something that's animated, and you can get CSS and HTML code that um, has a sense of transitions and uh, animation, and that's built into the code. So that won't slow down your... Uh, algorithm it won't affect you in any way it, there's nothing bad will come of that if anything it's a million times better than the video so if you're able to do that stuff then you can pay someone to do that and that'll be amazing like that would actually help you out and it would be a lot more interactive and i think what i see more and more now in 2021 is there's a way in which people market and due to the nature of uh, multi-platforms a lot of people have moved away from I think I remember it as a sort of the year 2000 or late 90s sort of movement of I'm going to make a beautiful gorgeous website that just looks amazing and beyond that the interactive elements are challenging or unique and they do this and you sort of play with audiences and all of that stuff has gone because everything is about function uh, and making sure people have the information that they want. But if you can give them information, but give them mediums that are a level above that, what's the norm, then they would be used to seeing the norm. So when they come across you, they'd be like, Ooh, and they would pause on your overall page or product service or social or whatever it is for at least a couple of seconds longer and then if you look at the sales funnel and the the reverse maslow's theory as i call it then there's a real sense of 
okay, it's gonna they've now paused for more than two seconds. And that means that they're validating your brand. So you, they're further along that journey of uh, buying into your services, but they are definitely buying into your brand. So it's really, really interesting stuff in terms of um, increasing your engagement. If you want to have content that is more engaging, that's gonna attract more people and magnetize them to posts, then using that scale of media um, to figure out what's the norm and what's the step up is really, really useful. And I kind of do that um, sort of logically and ask myself the questions, what would be? And then I kind of go, or maybe that's too much, like on Twitter, doing a live stream video or a one minute video might be too much. Um, So do less than that, you know, Uh, and that's kind of where asking those questions is very creative. And I see less people um, doing that now than they did in the year 2000. And I think, I feel like I'm showing my age there, but I think that's because there was a shift in what people wanted. So that was it for me anyway. um, I just want to say thank you if you're listening. Uh, Please do do all of the like, share, subscribe and comments. It means a lot to me that you do uh, comment and give feedback where you're able to, wherever you listen to this. And it means a lot to me, it really does. Please do tweet me at Team Toast and follow me too if uh, that's of interest. Thank you for listening to me on how to step it up. Uh, Until next time, thank you and see you soon.